Welcome to Believe Right, the weekly radio ministry of Apostle Joe Perosic and Pastor Rena Perosic, originating from MFC Ministries in Morgantown, West Virginia, USA. Thank you for joining us as we look into the anointed Word of God and learn how it applies to our lives today. Jesus is alive and is healing, blessing, delivering, and changing lives all through placing faith in Him, taking in God's Word, and beginning to believe right for all areas of our lives. Now, here's this week's broadcast. God makes an assessment, and He finds somebody to give the assignment to. He gave Noah an assignment. He assessed the issue and he gave Noah the assignment, and then he gave him his sons to help him do the assignment. He gave Moses, he made an assessment, and he gave Moses the assignment, and Moses got the people to do the vision that God gave him. It says Moses went up to the mountain and came down and implemented the vision. And it says he inspected their work. When God wants to do something, see, he'll give somebody the assignment, but usually the person that's in charge of the assignment can't do any of the things that most of those people can do. I mean, Moses had people that could, how do you like that beaten gold across cedar doors? Anybody ever done that before? That's pretty slick, isn't it? To take hammers and hammer gold smoothly across the doors. How many of you know the temple was built off-site? Those of you who read your Bible. It was built and then brought in and assembled. Somebody could measure, couldn't they? Those of you who are builders know what I just said. You can't be making stuff. You ever ordered something uh, from Lowe's, a countertop or something, and it got there and didn't fit? That didn't happen. And it, it, I guess if it did, they had to send it back to the, the other people, even in the Old Testament. But they made that thing off the site. You'd think back then you couldn't do such a primitive thing, but they did a great job. It was a glorious temple. It was so glorious that the people who built the second one wept because it wasn't like the first one because it was so much greater. Anyway, God looked upon the earth and he, he saw it corrupt. So God is just, so he, he does an inspection. And like I said with Moses, he talked about the affliction. And then he said, I will come down and see uh, whether they have done it or not, whether they have done it. Think about that. God can do anything he wants. He is totally sovereign. But his character makes him do it right. Now you know what makes you do right and wrong. Your character. You are free to do anything you want. God gave you a completely free will, but your character determines what you do. Now you know life is really about character. You, have a total, you are like God. You are a God-class being and have a total free will. And you will live at the level of your decisions and your character. God just happens to have perfect character, so he does things right. And if you audited God, you would find out his character is perfect. If somebody would examine him, you can accuse him, but you can't, nothing will stick. He's so perfect. You, how, you've ever accused God? I have. It's terrible to admit. I said, God, how could you let this happen? That's an accusation, right? It's embarrassing to admit, but I mean, I've accused God. 
It just don't sound like you're accusing them when you say it. You can figure that out a couple of days later, <laughs> that, you, that you were accusing God of having bad character. It takes you a little while to figure it out, because when you're mad and all that, you have all them emotions, and you don't really know what you're saying until you have time to sort it out. You see, this is walking with God. This is, this is walking with God. Doing an assessment of your life, letting him, in, letting him examine your life. So God went down to see. Like I said, he wanted to see. God keeps his own commands, and he appointed a leader. He gave him the plan. And then the action steps were Im implemented by the people. You realize we're talking about building, right? When I invest in people, I'm not trying to get a job done. I'm trying to build a house and put them as a stone in the foundation of the building. Does that make sense to you? It isn't about getting a job done. It's about building a house. If it was about getting the job done, I guess you could just manipulate and get everybody to do everything you wanted and say you did something. But that really wouldn't be God, would it? Nobody would grow, everybody would feel used, and it wouldn't be a healthy place to be. God builds people, and the people build the house. So when you, what, the way you have to see your life is God is building you. And you become part of the house. Living stones, the Bible calls you. I think I said this last week. You know, the New Jerusalem has the, the names of the apostles written in its foundation. And as much as, you know, I, I know there's apostles and they happen to be one. But I don't believe God built as much with their gift as he did with their character. Because the apostles were martyred, tortured, and killed. So that, that gift didn't keep them from getting shipwrecked. It didn't get them delivered all the time. They were murdered. That gift didn't murder them. Their character had to be what let it happen. So you can see, you can't build with a gift. You have to build with a life. So my goal, and I think it's been obvious, is to build people so they can build the house. Now, Pastor Ian told me this many years ago. He prophesied to me. She says, God said, what you have asked me for takes a long time. He let me know 15 or 18 years ago. Because, see, I asked him for a harvest machine. I didn't ask him for a sickle. I asked him for a huge harvest machine that brings in lots of people. And she said, prophetically to me, she says, what you've asked God for takes a long time to build. And I can tell you as a leader, this is hard because, I said this in the prison this Tuesday. Think about this. If you only one out of ten come back, you've got to help a thousand people to end up with a hundred. You have to be willing to let 900 people walk away from you. To have a hundred. If you want a ten thousand, if you want a thousand member church, you've got to let nine thousand people leave for whatever reason they think up. 
That's a lot of rejection. That's a lot of pain. That's a lot of abandonment. That's a lot. But it's biblical numbers. And then out of that, you've got to keep the last few from fighting and bickering. On top, that just because they stayed don't mean they got it all worked out. So not only do you lose 90, and you, invest, you understand, you invest in them to find out. I wish you could have like a, see, this is what people can understand by God. God, you know, somebody might say to you, they're not going to make it. But you know, God will make you treat them like they're going to make it because God will never be found being guilty. Because he's a just judge and he does everything to completion. He goes down to see what the situation is. Even though it's going to come out bad, he will never abandon them and say it ain't worth the trouble because he will never be found being unjust. So you will be required to invest in people and sometime in your gut you think there ain't no way they're going to stay. But God requires you to treat them to a place where they figure that out. Your requirement is to be excellent even if they're not. That's walking with God. Now, I said this in a prison. I hope it don't sound bad. If, if a minister can go through 900 people, you shouldn't be discouraged when you're looking for a job. If that's the only thing, yeah, if you're going to deal with 900 people that don't want to obey God and leave out of 1,000, you really are a whole lot more tenacious than anybody thinks you are. Think about that. I think tenaciousness is a vital part of your Christianity. Faithfulness, sticking it out. Sticking it out. I mean, they boiled John, and he didn't die. They boiled him in oil, tried to kill him, and then put him on the Isle of Patmos, and he wrote the book of Revelation. You think about what some of the people have gone through to be Christians in this world. I don't want it here, so I pray for America all the time. The Bible says pray for those in authority. So I'm in. I'm excited about it. And I don't want any of, I don't want us to learn anything that way. I want to be teachable, instructable. I don't want knots on my head. I, you do that when you're 20. You know, I remember those. You think you know, isn't it funny how you think you know so much? You know a lot till you're 35. Then all of a sudden you think, whoa, <laughs> what a miscalculation. <laughs> it's true. It just happens. You know, some of that's fun. You have a lot more fun because <laughs> you don't know anything. You just go do it. It feels good at the moment, you know. Amen. Nobody's ever done that, I guess. Hallelujah. So anyway. So, I believe that the people who are here, as Paul would say, I'm more persuaded of better things than that of you. I believe we have the right people that have stayed and understand a lot of things because it takes a long time to get to that place. You know, we were talking about ministries, and, and we, we know some ministries, they never appointed any leaders for like, you know, a decade, maybe a decade and a half. Because, see, it takes a long time to become a certain kind of character with God. It isn't until you've been wrong enough that you got humility that you're ever any useful to God. Because God gives grace to the humble and he resists the proud. It isn't until you don't want to that you probably qualify to become 
Because then it's not you anymore, it's obedience. As long as you want to, it's not obedience. But obedience means you've got to not want to. And see, I think God's got to get you to the place where you don't want to like he did Moses. And that's when he asks you. <laughs> that's when he asks you to do it. When you don't want to. Because if you do it then, you'll be doing it for him. If you do it before, you're doing it for you. Because it makes you feel a certain way to serve God. You feel like I'm doing a good job. But something changes when you do it because he asked you. Apostle Joe Perosich and Pastor Rena Perosich pray that you have been blessed by this week's Believe Right broadcast. Chapter 14 and verse 6 from the book of John in God's Word tells us that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes unto God the Father by any other manner than through accepting, believing, and confessing that the shed blood of Jesus has cleansed them of their sins and that He truly is the risen Savior and Lord of their life. For more on the gospel message of Jesus Christ, you can log on to our website at www.believeright.tv. There you can listen to older radio broadcasts and view our weekly television broadcast, along with finding out more about Apostle Joe Perosich, Pastor Rena Perosich, and MFC Ministries. That website address again is www.believeright.tv. TV. If you wish to contact us for prayer or ministry information, you can call us in the U.S. at 001-304-292-7283 or write us at MFC Ministries, 300 Highland Avenue, Morgantown, West Virginia, 26505 USA. Join Apostle Joe Perosich and Pastor Rena Perosich again next week at this time here on this station for another time in God's Word, which, when applied to our lives, will enable us to believe right for every area of our lives. Have a blessed week in Jesus.